This is Jamie Andelin, and you're listening to my podcast, Your Turned On Desire. Hey friend, before we start, if you would like to continue to hear more free content about sex and intimacy, then please leave a positive review for this podcast. I plan on being able to keep this podcast free and to keep giving you content for free, but you can help me do this by leaving a review. Plus, it encourages me to keep going and creating better and better content when I hear from you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being here. Hello. So this week on my Instagram account, we have been discussing and navigating the topic of opinions with everyone. The topics I chose were unpopular food choices, do you like a top sheet or not, sitting pants versus standing pants, and of course, quality over quantity sex. And then I started noticing in my DMs and my private conversations with people that we all had a much easier time accepting our partner's opinions and preferences outside the bedroom than when it came to preferences and opinions about stuff going on in the bedroom. We struggled more with this. It's more of a challenge for us to accept the differences. And I think one of my followers' questions sums up why we have a more challenging time accepting differences in the bedroom than outside the bedroom. I had suggested, after I was discussing things in my DMs with everyone, that we all expand our capacity to accept each other's differences in the bedroom. And this follower sent me this question. She said, how does this work in practice? Because if we prefer different foods, I don't have to eat or even make the thing I don't like. So it is easy to celebrate or at least accommodate his preference without engaging in it. But most of the scenarios I can think of in the bedroom require both of us. If the point is mutuality and intimacy, then the things one of us wants requires the other's participation, not just allowance. Do you have some examples of how to put this into practice? How to actually expand our capacity to accept each other's differences in the bedroom and allow more intimacy into our lives? And I think this is such a good question because mutual respect and enjoyment are crucial for our healthy sex life. And she's right. It is easy to celebrate another's preference like food when you aren't participating. Except for me, it's a little bit hard when your husband enjoys spicy mustard on tuna and makes the whole car ride to church very smelly because he likes to eat this on the way to church. Well, he did once and I've been teasing him about, about it since. And so, yeah, it's become a thing. So this is one of my husband's weird food combos that he enjoys and it does impact me because I have to smell it (laughs) but how do we you know allow for another's preferences inside the bedroom when they differ from ours so first I have found that being open and non-judgmental of each other's preferences and ideas is most important when both people feel safe to share what we each would like to try and are interested in This opens the door for great communication. Talking about ideas and opinions doesn't mean they will all actually happen immediately or ever. But feeling safe to talk about them is what matters. 
It's our responses to each other that create an environment of safety and intimacy with each other, not the actual doing of the things. That may or may not come with time and evolution of ourselves in the relationship, but we should be making the environment of our relationship the most important. So how, like, how do we feel? Is our partner feeling safe and seen or judged and rejected? What messages am I sending to my partner with my actions by the way I respond to them when they share and are open with me? These are good questions to ask ourselves when it comes to our intimate lives and the environment that we are contributing to. We can't control our partner, but what we can control is how we contribute to the environment of our relationship. I have also found that leaving room for compromise and exploration is important. One may not prefer what the other wants to try or prefers, and showing willingness to compromise and try something because our partners expressed an interest will show fairness to each other. I like to think of compromise in the bedroom and the intimate life like this. One person shares their ideas and the other listens and is open and responds with curiosity and lightheartedness, but not judgment or rejection, then the one who didn't share their idea or opinion shows willingness to try by sharing what aspects they are willing to participate in and how they would feel most comfortable participating. So for an example, let's say that the husband expressed that he wanted a BJ, so and then the wife may consider what would help her enjoy giving him a BJ, and then she shares this with him. It might look something like this. Okay, I could explore this with you, and I would like to try some flavored oils, and I would like the freedom to not go all the way, and maybe even using a vibrator on me while I'm giving you a BJ would be helpful. Do any of these sound fun and good to you? So this might be an example of how she might respond to him. She is thinking about which thing she could do to participate in the thing that he wanted to do. We could even think of our sex lives like a restaurant. The wife may suggest a restaurant that isn't the husband's favorite or not even in his top five. But because she loves it, he enjoys going with her every now and then. And he will find something that he likes at the restaurant or a combination of food that he can order that is good. And then the next time he chooses a restaurant, it may not be the wife's favorite, but she is willing to go to the restaurant and try a combination of food that will be good to her this time because she is happy to be together and enjoy some time and food together. They both know that their relationship is fair and decent, so they don't think one or the other makes the restaurant choice more than the other, it feels fair to both of them. And it's a restaurant situation where they're eating a meal. This isn't something that's going to be forever and always. This is our relationship. You know, this is a moment of time in our relationship where we're going into a restaurant. I'm choosing um, a combination of foods that I prefer at this restaurant. And next time we're going to go to a restaurant that I really like And you'll choose a combination of foods that you prefer at that restaurant. And it's just a moment in time in our relationship, but it doesn't determine our whole relationship. So our our bedrooms 
are like the restaurant. We're happy to go there with our spouses. Our spouse has the opportunity to choose what they would like to try in the bedroom, and we have the choice to decide how we will participate and what boundaries we have and vice versa. We enjoy going to the bedroom. Our, we get to share what we like with our spouses and what we prefer, and they have an opportunity to decide how they would like to participate in the things we like. Always respecting each other for being open and sharing and also respecting our spouse's boundaries. We also let go of some control and we open up to our spouse's desires, even if it's a teeny tiny little bit at a time. I'll share an example of this with a personal story. So I used to have a lot of anxiety when it came to blowjobs or BJs. I had to slowly work up to them. I added oils like that were flavored that I liked and I would set a timer for how long I was willing to try. I knew this was a desire of my hubby, so I got a book that taught me some tips and skills around giving BJs so that I could feel a little more confident and also have some ideas of what I was even doing. I set my boundaries and I knew I wasn't going to want him to ejaculate inside of my mouth, so if he felt it was coming, I needed him to let me know and then he would pull out or I, and I would like back away. Over time and with practice and, you know, an acceptance of my boundaries and my willingness to try, my anxieties around BJ's eventually dissolved. And now I'm the one who initiates them and he happily receives. So my willingness to try and then, you know, to bring in the conditions I was willing to try in and also adding my own ideas to his made me a fair friend to my husband and my willingness created trust. His openness and my non-judgmental responses created an environment of safety for both of us to share and be open. And we both also know that sharing ideas doesn't necessarily mean things are going to happen exactly how we share ideas because neither of us want the other to feel obligated or to do anything because we feel guilty or obligated. So we make sure that we keep open communication between us and share what would make us feel more comfortable trying the things we are sharing with each other. I've learned that if we are too attached to certain things happening in the bedroom, then this doesn't add to the environment of freedom and safety and enjoyment in the bedroom and in our intimate lives that we are all seeking. When we share our preferences and ideas with an openness of where they might lead, this unattachment is super healthy. It feels really good to both of us. Sometimes we can think of something we want or something we would enjoy. And then we can remember that it's not always the act that we want, but it's the role that we would be in or the feeling we would have that makes us fantasize or prefer those acts. For example, many women don't always enjoy the role of taking care of their husbands in the bedroom if they are the main caretakers in their everyday life. They actually fantasize about being taken care of in the bedroom. They want their sex lives to be a place where they can relax and not have anyone expect anything from them. So when their spouses ask for things like blowjobs and or anything that would be considered giving to their partners, they feel resistant to those acts. 
because they are wanting to truly receive instead of give. So this is why it's important to be honest and open with our communication with each other and to be unattached to the act because we can share why we want or don't want to participate in something. And it opens the door for other options of ways for us to get what we are needing and wanting. Like if a hubby is asking for an act that the wife doesn't feel willing to participate in, they can discuss what that sexual act would do for him. Is it something he wants because it would make him feel taken care of? Is he seeking the feeling of being desired and chased after? Is he tired of being the one who always seems to initiate and it would feel really good to be the one who was desired instead of always being the one who seems to desire? Does he want to be desired in return? The answers to these questions open the door for the couple to discuss other things they could do that would help him feel more chosen, more desired by his spouse. And these acts will be things that they are both willing to do and they both agree on. So does the sexual act equal power or dominance to the person requesting it? Maybe, because if this is so, then the couple can talk about ways in which they can still help the person experience power or dominance and ways that they are both willing to participate in. So unattaching from the act means that we take a step back and we ask ourselves, what is it that I think I'm going to get from this act? What am I needing? What am I desiring in my relationship that I think this act is going to give me? And the discussion can be better if we focus on those things instead of just always discussing the act and one person being like, there's no way I'm doing that. And then the other person feeling like I'm not seen or heard and I never get my way in the bedroom. You know, this isn't as productive, but if we can take a step back and say, you know, one of the reasons why this would be enjoyable for me is, you know, and and have a discussion about that. This is what I mean by not being attached to the literal act, but being open to what the certain act will give you and then discussing all kinds of ways we can accomplish this. When we put so much pressure on a certain act to be the thing that will give us what we are seeking, then many times this can cause obligation in the intimate life which doesn't lead to a healthy feeling sex life. One person will, if they're giving in out of obligation over and over and over again, they're going to feel resentful in the relationship. And the one that notices the other giving in and feeling guilty and doing things out of obligation is not going to feel very satisfied in the sex life because they don't want their partner to be doing anything out of obligation They want their spouse to want to do things. So a more personal example of this is when my client Sarah's husband wanted and told her that he would enjoy being able to come on her face. She didn't want to do this. He was attached to this being something that would make him feel powerful because he wasn't feeling very powerful at work or in the home and he wanted to bring power into the bedroom. Of course, this took some time before he understood his request fully, but with patience and lots of open communication, this is what he was able to reveal to her. The act itself wasn't something that Sarah wanted to do at all, but being more submissive was something she was willing to try out. And so they were able to discuss things that she was willing to try 
in this submissive role that she and him would both enjoy. She also learned to stop reacting to his sexual requests with judgment and disgust because when she reacted with judgment and disgust, he was less and less likely to seek to understand the meaning behind his requests and couldn't draw the connection between the act and how it would make him feel because her responses made him feel ashamed for even having fantasies. Once Sarah and her husband understood the roles we take on in the bedroom, then the requests and the opinions and the preferences and the fantasies and the ideas were a lot more fun to play around with and explore together. The last thing that we will discuss today on this topic is that regular check-ins are great. Sometimes I even tell my husband, thank you for sharing with me some of your fantasies or ideas of things you would like to try. I'm glad you feel comfortable opening up to me. I want you to know that even though we haven't done those things, I am aware of them, I'm thinking about them, and I'm willing to think about these things we could do that would make me feel comfortable trying those things. I just wanted you to know that I haven't forgotten it's on my mind and that I'm considering. So this kind of response and this regular check-in, this makes our partner stop wondering if we care or if their ideas are important to us or not. Just mentioning that we are thinking about them and considering ways we can participate and enjoy their ideas allows our partners to stop doing mental gymnastics about our sex lives. Regular check-ins reassure each other that we are making our intimate and sex lives a priority and this helps everyone calm down about things and not put more pressure on the sex life than it needs. And I think it's also good to remember that we may not be open to something our spouse shared an interest in, but that doesn't mean we won't be open to it at another time. We have to remember that our sexual desire is a muscle, and as we exercise this muscle, and as we evolve and mature this part of ourselves, our sexual personalities and preferences change too. Our capacity to enjoy things expands as well. So we can't say never to everything course we will have our own boundaries and values like one of my boundaries is I won't allow another person to be physical with my me and my husband but between my husband and I I can't say never to sexual acts because we will continue to evolve in our sex lives and there was a time where I wouldn't use a vibrator and now it's no big deal there was a time I never allowed oral between us and now I like it So I can't say never. I can say this is how I am willing to participate. I can say I'm thinking about it and considering it and we will see, but I want you to know that I haven't forgotten and I am considering it, you know, but I don't say never because I don't know the future. In my Instagram account this week, I also did a poll And I asked everyone if they related to their sex lives feeling more frustrating and confusing than fun and enjoyable. And more than 80% of everyone who participated in the poll felt their sex lives were more frustrating and confusing than fun. I want to remind you that I have been there and done that. 16 years ago, we had more struggles than enjoyment in our sex life. It was so hard. We were definitely at a low point. A few times... We would be getting ready for bed and he would try to touch me and I would literally push his hand away. I unknowingly did this 
and wasn't aware that I was doing this, but my husband was so hurt that the love of his life didn't want him to touch her. And we would lay in bed in silence, and it was so awkward. No matter how fun and easy my sex life is now, I do not forget how difficult it was when our sex life was an issue. And I'm overwhelmingly grateful for where we are at currently and how much we understand about intimacy and sex and how this brings us so much peace and allows us to have a fun and easy sex life. I think it's worth mentioning that I have an online course bundle for sale right now. It's called the Holiday Bundle and it's available until January 2nd. The courses help with overcoming sexual anxieties that women who are struggling with low desire experience. When you enroll in these courses, I'm not saying that by the end of January January or by Valentine's Day that you'll be seducing your partners, but what I am saying is that the courses help alleviate the stress you're feeling and give you some intimacy skills that you can start practicing and over time, the skills help alleviate the stress and anxieties you're experiencing. The link to this holiday bundle is in the details of this podcast episode, so you can go click on that and check out all the details. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn more, then I suggest listening to a couple other episodes. Go back to episode 28. It's called Sex as an Equal Slice of the Pie. Listen to this episode if you want to learn more about sex not being less or more important as everything else in our lives, but if we make sex seem more important to to everything else, then our spouses tend to make it less important. If we make it seem less important, then our spouses tend to put extra emphasis on sex. And what we are really seeking is simply balance. So this is a good episode to talk to um, learn how to understand balance in our lives with our sex lives. This is really helpful for those who are tired of the like, we need to have more sex talk. This will be really helpful for that. Episode 41, I refer, I suggest you listen to this. It's called sex is a form of play. And in this episode, I explain the game of sex in more detail so you can understand how our roles outside the bedroom play a part in the bedroom. So those two episodes are really good and the holiday bundle, those are some extra resources if you are seeking more support and help with alleviating your anxieties and your stress around low desire and also the intimate life between you and your partner. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to connect with me on Instagram and send me a DM or send me an email at coachingwithjamie at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.